Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Don't Miss This. I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Hello to everybody who's listening on a podcast. Hello to everybody who sees us. Welcome <laughs> to all the people. Um, hey, quick thing. We showed you the study guide, the study journal, the Don't Miss a Study Journal for the Book of Mormon last week. So if you want to know anything about it, go to last week's video if you didn't see that. And then uh, the only one thing, we get a lot of questions. That's the only place the study sheets are going to be available is in that booklet. We're not going to upload them every week. The newsletter is going to have uh, different tips and more bonus stuff in it. But So those are all, the only spot for them is those books. So if you want to get one. If you want the study sheets, one. you want to get yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's trying to say right now. And we just had so many of you tell us about six months in. You were so tired of printing them out. Like so many people that we were like, this seems like a really easy solution. Um, so hopefully it is, but there will be still good stuff in the newsletter. Don't worry. We're thinking about all sorts of good stuff. Yeah. We'll take care of y'all. Yes, we will. Okay, we'll move out of the way so you can see the board, and especially this side part right here that's on Emily's side. Oh, because you that love this part. I was list. like, which, which yeah. side? You, can you zoom love in. this. You for sure are going to want this. But we ha we're going to walk you through it so yeah. nobody have a panic attack. And then um, you sing the song. Don't you want to? What song? Peter, Peter. Oh, John, John, John. Yeah. Jude. <laughs> okay. We're doing the three Johns, but it's just one John, actually, who wrote three times. So, John, John, John. Um, the first John is uh, like a sermon. Most Bible scholars think it's just a little sermon that was meant to be read out loud in church. And then the second John and third John are small, and they're just little letters. So the first one's not really written like a letter. It's written more like uh, really beautifully like a spoken sermon would be. And then 2 John, 3 John, letters to kind of solve little problems. And then Jude is another brother of Jesus. And so remember a couple weeks ago, James or Jacob um, is what he was known by, is a brother of Jesus. And Jude also. And this was the same with James, but Jude was not a believer, most people think, during his lifetime. And then later becomes one and becomes a great um, leader in the mm -hmm. church later on, which is really cool. How... Um, how we see that happen. It's like not who I was, but it's who I am now. And he writes a letter. He says in the letter, I wanted to write this really long, beautiful, like explanation of things, but like there was um, a problem with apostasy. So he's like, I got to write this really quick. We don't ever get the really long one. You have to wait till heaven and oh. he can give you the long one then. Um, but for in our scriptures, we get just his little letter that he sends over. John, by the way, uh, most people think it's the John whom Jesus loved. That's the best title out of anyone in all the scriptures because John gives it to himself. He says, I am the disciple that Jesus loved. Um, I've grown up thinking I was one of God's favorites, so I'm kind of like that too. Um, and so that's that one. You can tell it's kind of him because it's super similar to the way he writes in John 14 through 17 um, during the Last Supper. So you can, it, it just feels like it's him when he writes it. So that's who they are. That's what's going on. But we're actually going to jump into that idea we brought up about apostasy 
Um, yeah, first, we're gonna go backwards. Jude, yeah. Everyone, don't don't feel bad. We're about to go back. We wanted to save the best stuff for the end because did you want us to end this video on apostasy? No. <laughs> so we're gonna start with that instead. Okay, but there's so many good parts about Jude, so don't fast forward till the end because you actually love Jude. Um, so we're gonna start out, and um, we know they're in the apostasy. We know that is the big fight right now that they are doing that they're trying to overcome um, just that battle of holding on to the saints at the end. And you love how he describes the people in this situation. And there are two ways. And we're going to start right here. Well, he tells us first, there's certain men who crept in unawares, which makes you so nervous about him writing his quick letter, you know? <laughs> you're yeah, just like, because he's like, what I, happened to him? You honestly wonder what's going on because yeah. he's like, I got to write this really quick, yeah. you know, and, and send it off. And there's certain men who crept in unawares and he's going to tell you it's like Sodom and Gomorrah and there's all this stuff going on and he's trying to paint this picture of what's happening. And then I am in love with how he describes the people, partly because I really love figurative examples. And so you want to be thinking, what's he trying to describe for you here? And in verse 12, he's going to tell you several things, but we pulled out three that we love. Um, he says, they are clouds without water, carried about by wind. There's tree, they're trees whose fruit withered, so they're without fruit. And then I love when he says they're wandering stars. And it would be so awesome with your kids to talk about what's he trying to teach there? Because... What good is a cloud without water? Why is that a problem? Like, what's the lesson there that he's trying to say? And, and remember, it's a farming community. That's where they all live. Yeah. So, like, today you love clouds without water <laughs> because it blocks the sun and it's yes. nice. But in a farming community, yeah. what good is a cloud without water? Yeah, because they, they need it. They don't have sprinklers. Um, and you also that same thought about trees that don't that are not producing fruit. And then my favorite one to think about is the wandering stars. And you have to remember at that time also, the people who knew how to, I want to say drive ships, but what did they really do? Steer? Navigate. Steer ships, navigated. And that's what the stars were for. So if they were wandering stars. I'm so proud of knowing navigate. Okay, good so job. I'm sorry. Like, I, don't <laughs> I don't know what you do with the ship. Really do you drive proud. it? Oh, I thought you were like, well, how did they use the stars? Okay, I'm so yeah. proud of you for knowing Steer navigate. the ship. I have a friend, Mike. Steer the he ship. is a sailor. We'll ask him what you're okay. supposed to do. Whatever you're supposed to do, you needed the stars to navigate yeah. and so if they were wandering stars then they weren't fixed points and i love just that description of what it looks like if you don't have truth if you don't have something solid to hold on to he's kind of painting you a picture of what it might look like and then he gives us the opposite he's but like, you but you forgot my favorite one okay, which is the raging waves because i love the sea and he just says they're like waves of the sea that um go in and kind of destroy and then just recede and they're gone it's like they're they're not intending on staying with you forever. They're just that's all waves do. They knock over sandcastles, they, <laughs> they make babies cry, you know, and so he just says, and all they leave is foam when they're gone. Like nothing substantial. So good. It's just such a great description of um not having truth, not having something solid in your life. So then he tells them in verse 20, um, this is what you have to do, and you will love when he calls them beloved. Because he's like, listen, I'm just going to hold on to this group that remains right now, who I love. And he says, he starts out with building first. Build yourselves on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves. Do you notice all these words? Build and keep um, in the love of God. Look for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Um, he's giving them all these ways that they can hold on. Like, how are they going to get through what everyone else? And, and it's that building and keeping and looking that is going to tie them into security and safety. And he says, uh, John says something really similar, but we'll just keep these verses right here where he says, if someone is not building, if they're not reminding you of the love of God, if they're not showing you the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ and his role in eternal life, then it's not somebody that you want to be following because mm -hmm. he's trying to help people. Yeah. And in verse 16, he tells them, these are murmurers. They're complainers. They walk after what they think is important, the things they love. That's um, what they're doing there. And I love this part. Their mouth is speaking great swelling words. And um, it, it's just that same thought of those waves that they just, they're going to give you that. And then they're going to walk away and leave you there. And that's just not what Jesus does. It's right. not how he works. So kind of in contrast to that, that whole idea of this is what these people are like, um, we're going to go back to the first John, right at the very beginning, chapter one. Um, most of the John stuff, we're going to be in first John. It's the most substantial of the three. Um, and he just says, he, he just says this, he begins it by saying this, that which is from the beginning, which we have heard and we have seen with our eyes and we have looked upon and with our hands, we have handled the word of life, giving him that, that same title. And he is saying, listen, we are witnesses who have seen and heard and felt, and we have held onto his very hands because he manifested himself unto us. And he says in verse three, we were in fellowship with the son who was in fellowship with the father. And now John is saying, and we're inviting you to be in fellowship with us. So if you're in fellowship with us and we're in fellowship with him and he's in fellowship with the Father, this is kind of what we're we're looking for. Mm -hmm. Is this this just relationship, remember? Mm -hmm. The whole heart and soul of it is is relationship. So the murmurs and the mockers are trying to break things down. He says, We're trying to build this whole Zion like community together. You and know, you in love, fellowship together. And you love that they're in this time of apostasy, which in reality is just this time of darkness and as you think about him putting together this sermon or putting together this talk in church and, and he tries to think what is the most important thing I could teach and you're going to see three things in here that are so powerful. One is going to be light and you think how important that is in such a dark time. One is going to be love, um, which again, that's what's going to hold everyone fast is just loving and holding on to each other. And the last word he is going to use, and he's going to use it 42 times in the sermon, is the word know, um, K-N-O-W, which is so interesting that he is, you just feel that he is testifying over and over and over. Let me show you the sure way. Let me show you the way you can navigate by. Let me shed light on what you need to know from somebody, exactly how he starts out, who has seen and heard and touched and felt um, like you can trust me in this and you just love his passion for that. Yeah. And the whole idea that he's like, not only do I know him, but you are invited to know him also. Mm -hmm. And he's going to tell you how to do that. It's interesting. I was just reading today again, third Nephi 11. Um, we were doing it in class Institute and it's a very, very similar theme here where it's like each person can see and hear mm -hmm. and know and feel for themselves. And when Jesus comes, his first words are, I am the light and the life of the world. Yeah. Like just really, really um, similar concepts And there. it's so interesting. And let's just talk about this because it will be so neat to come back to when we get down here. 
um, in that third Nephi, we look so much um, on that one verse that talks about, and they came one by one. He invited them one by one. And how many times have you thought about that? Like, what would it have been like to be one of those 2,500 people who got to come up, and, and it tells us they saw with their eyes, eyes and they heard, and they felt, and they knew, um, is what it tells us. And I think to myself all the time, and for a lot of years when I was growing up, I would think, I want to I have that experience. I want to see, and I want to hear, and I want to feel, and I want to know and it was after a particularly hard year in our lives, a really, really hard year. I can remember being with Greg in the car and um, once everything was over and everything was going to be fine and we were going to finally move forward and Greg had looked at me and said, um, aren't you so happy we've moved past this now and we can just go on with our life? And I remember saying to him, I, I mean, I was, of course I was. I was so relieved. But I said to him, I feel like I am never going to know Jesus again as well as we've known him this year. Mm. And as I was thinking about that, I thought to myself, we actually had come to see him and hear him and feel him and know him, particularly during those months of trial. And I can remember saying to Greg, you know, he's no longer a porcelain figure on the piano or a picture hanging on the wall in in my life. And I can remember that night thinking, I, I hope he doesn't ever go back to being the porcelain figure. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know him one-on-one like I did during that year. And, and it was a goal I set at that time that I don't ever want to lose that relationship of knowing. So you love that John is, is in essence saying you can know him. And how are you going to know him? Light and love. Yeah. That's what you're looking for. Right, right. And the word he used, that fellowship is that whole, what you're talking about, mm-hmm. to be in fellowship with him, moves yeah. it from, I think, porcelain to actuality. Now, we talked a lot about like that last week, how um, it is like the hard things in our life that can lead us to that. John teaches us another way this week that that can happen, and that is, if you go to chapter 2, verse 3, he says, and this is how we know him. Hereby, we know that we know him, and he says, if you keep his commandments. Now, let's add two other verses and get the full picture. Verse 6, he says, He saith that he that abideth in him also walks as he walks. And then verse 10 brings it all together when he says, He that loveth his brother, that was a tongue twister. <laughs> he that loveth his brother abideth in the light. So he's painting this picture when he says, How do you know him? You keep the commandments. And he's like, and then he says, and and what commandment is that? To walk as he walked. Um, and then he says, in what way do we walk as he walked? By loving your brother. He shows us one of the best ways to come to know him personally is to live and to love in the same way that he did. And that's that's the commandment. We wrote right here, what's what's the commandment? Right? And if you go over to John chapter three, he's, he reminds you of what happened during the Last Supper. And he says, remember, he asked, he told us, verse 23, this is the commandment, that we believe on his name, the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. Oh, it's that so easy right. when it's like that. It's just believe in Jesus and love. That's that's it. Yeah. And don't you yeah. think that's so interesting that that's what he tells them in this time of apostasy, apostasy, in this time of everyone falling away from the church, that this is what you've got to do. Believe in Jesus 
love one another. And and don't you feel like your experiences where you, um, like you're trying to love someone the way he does, that he is right there with you mm-hmm. in that. Like it's yeah. like this. This is what it means to be in fellowship with him. He's just like, where would he be on any given day? You know. And when you're in those places mm-hmm. that he would be, he is there. Like when and and when I'm loving people. I mean, I just feel like I walk away from, you walk away from experiences where you've really tried to love someone and God's love for you and them surges in your heart mm-hmm. in a in a unique That's way. So it's, it's just really neat. And what we love about that is there's this list. Mm-hmm. John, like just throughout his whole book, and you'll find ones that we didn't find. And I'm stepping out of the way for a minute, everybody. Don't panic because you, you panic when I walk away sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but we really want you to see what is happening. Um... Right here, let's just let's just list some of these because it's so awesome. What if you love one another? These are the promises John gives you. Um, you won't stumble. You'll abide in light. You'll have confidence. He'll hear your prayers. Oh, think about this one for a second. How many people like wish for confidence? Yes, you know, it's That's just so like, true. Because I think a lot of reason people don't have confidence is they're like, I don't know what my purpose is mm-hmm. in this world. I feel like I'm like a like an anchorless boat. You know, and once somebody realizes your purpose was to come to the world to love and and to be uh, um, in God's image, right? To be his image bearer. And what does he do? He loves. And you find confidence in your mission and in your purpose when you do that. When yeah. you like, you know. That's so good. That is so true. Um, here's our prayers. We'll overcome the wicked one. We'll increase in spirit. Our sins will be forgiven. We'll know the Father. We'll be like him. We'll overcome fear. We'll be made complete. God will dwell in us. And um, you just love all of those things as you're looking um, as you're looking through and thinking, what will love do for me? Well, all of this. Like, what do you need right now? Because go serve someone. Go love someone really well. Um, I, it reminds you of that President Hinckley. Lose yourself and get to work, right? Just... Just lose yourself and love and see what happens. Yeah, and really, he, he borrowed that from Jesus, right? Who mm-hmm. says, if you want to find your life, yeah. then you lose it. And the way you lose it is you, you, you stop thinking about yourself and thinking of others. I do have to say this one right here when I was writing it on the board, Overcome the Wicked One. Um, last night, we watched the, um, the presentation about the children and the youth, children and youth mm-hmm. that was coming. And all the goals, and I, I honestly got a little bit overwhelmed watching it, where I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, okay. Like, I have 12,000 children, and they each have, the, you know, all the things. And I know they were meaning to, but I started thinking about it. And what was overwhelming me was, how do I make sure that the kids grow up, develop in all these areas? And how do I make sure that they're ready to, like, go face the world? And how do I... And honestly, one of the videos that we're showing, I had this overwhelming impression that was like, just teach them to love people. And and then when I wrote this one up here, love overcomes the wicked one, I thought, if I can just teach them to love people, they will always be in companionship and fellowship with God. And then he will guide and mold mm-hmm. them in their lives in, in different ways and yeah. in different times. But I just I just felt like as a dad, I was like, oh, what's what do I do? And I was like, oh, if I can teach them to love God and There's love so other people. Power. like. They're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And know? which brings you to these um, two verses right here. 1 John 4, 12 and 4, 4 also. Um, just right there. Ye are of God. 
little children and ye have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And then if you go down to... Oh, you read the second one first. Yeah, um, yeah I read the second one Or the one first one first. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I no think I... No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. And it's exactly what you're talking about right now. If we just teach our kids how to love, then God Whoa, it even will, says little children. Yeah, so will red. dwell in them. He'll be with them. And that line, right, so promise. good, right? That, oh, this is going to be my new family scripture. Because look, um, <laughs> because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Like God is greater than that. So if you have love, you have him. And like anything that the world tries, he's, you're bigger mm -hmm. than the world because he is. That's so awesome. So we love this call to arms, really. Um, John starts it. John starts this sermon with light and love. And then Jude is going to pick it up right at the very end. And he has got this one verse that is such a great verse. Mm. Um, you want to go to Jude 1, 22. And it says this. Oh, this is a line. Um, this is a line. <laughs> this is a good one. Do we need like a drum roll? Yeah. And if some have compassion, making a difference. And we just love the thought of that. If you If you just could have compassion on people, you could make a difference. And... It's almost a call, we gave you two lines right here, to become difference makers. And we want that to be the call for this week. For all of those of us who are studying, don't miss this. How can you be a difference maker this week? What is that going to look like um, in your life? What could you do every day if you woke up and just thought, I'm going to have compassion today. I'm going to be a difference maker. I'm going to have my eyes open. I'm going to have my heart open. I'm going to live in love all week long. And um, I'm going to try and make a difference every single day, no matter where I am. What could happen? Do you know how many of you watch these videos? Like, we could do some good things this week. Right. And Phil, if you look at John's theme of light and love and just fill the world with those, with those two things. I, uh, my nephew, I was talking to him this week, Spencey, and he, takes, uh, he started taking some time during his day at school. And he's like, I'm just going to take a half hour and walk around campus. He's um, at BYU right now. Walk around campus and just look for, like, who is, like, like an errand. Like, mm -hmm. where, where can I love somebody? Where can I? And his experiences have been so sweet. They've oh. been so simple. But not only has it made a difference in that other person's life. Like, honestly, the stories have been so neat. But it's also, um, he walks away feeling that confidence and purpose in himself, too. And it just... It's such a powerful thing, mm -hmm. you know, to, you know, to be yeah, that. So and it really is the great message. Mm -hmm. He makes a comparison here. If you go to 1 John 3, oh, we're jumping around like crazy, y'all, I know. But 1 John three twelve, he says, as part of his love sermon, don't be like Cain, <laughs> who was the wicked one and slew his brother. And why did he kill him? He says, um, because his own works were evil and, and he hated him, Right. Um, and then he compares that, you know, to Jesus where he says in verse 16, but he says, but we perceive the love of God in Jesus because he laid down his life for us. And you remember in the story of Cain, after Cain kills Abel because he wants power and he's jealous over him, the Lord comes to him and he says, where is Abel? And Cain asks the very first question that humanity asks in the Bible, that any mortal person asks in the Bible um, and the question is, am I my brother's keeper? You know, is that my job to look out after my brother? And we've talked about this before, but we love that Jesus answers that question in his ministry and in his life. And it's an absolute and resounding yes.
And you're not just your brother's keeper, but you are your brother's brother too. Like that is our purpose to love in, in, in that way. So I, we love that it's Cain that's the example because he's the one who's like, am I in charge of my brother? Where you look at the story of Jesus and, and it's absolutely like yeah. we're supposed to be in love and fellowship with each other. And you love that that's where John goes, right? That he's going to take us there. Let me show you the best keeper of all the keepers. Let me show you the best brother of all the brothers. We're going to go to 1 John 2, 1 and 2. And I love, if you love that he keeps talking to the little children all the way through here. He's just going to keep coming back to it. And he says, and I, I really think that's everyone. I, I think it's a term of endearment, but it's you particularly love it if you have littles running around because it just feels sweet as he's trying to like keep and protect and guard this little flock of his. And and he knows there's going to be trouble, right? There's trouble all around. There's the certain men who have crept in unawares and he's going to try and keep everyone safe, but he knows what if I can't keep everyone safe? And then he comes to this promise where he says, my little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not or that you don't fall. And if any man sins, we have an advocate with the Father. And it's Jesus Christ, the righteous. And we want you to look at two words here. The first one is advocate. Um, that's kind of a big word. And it's a big word, particularly if you're trying to teach um, to your kids. So it's helpful to maybe give them other words that help them understand that word better. And we found some that we love. Um, the job of an advocate is also to console, to comfort, and to intercede for someone. Don't you love the thought of that Jesus as our advocate who comes into our life when we have fallen to say, okay, let me comfort you. Let me console you. Let me intercede for you and then get us going back again. And I was going to say also that word comfort, it comes, it doesn't only mean like, you know, like the way we think, like, oh, but um, <laughs> comfort <laughs> comes from a Latin word, comfortis, which means with strength, that another version of that word means to, to strengthen mm. someone. And it's so neat to me that he says, um, when you sin, you know, yep. I, 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 I'm writing to this to help you avoid misery in your life and not sin. But for the times that you do, mm -hmm. because you will, we have someone who is going to come to you to comfort, console, strengthen and intercede yeah, i love like, that it, so much it's we, when you fail that yeah. he's going to come and do that we not have when you've a been counselor perfect. we work with in our family who i love he is one of the most brilliant counselors i've ever worked with and i had the opportunity to sit with him in a counseling session and as he started going through with this person who was struggling he said the first thing we are going to do is come up with a plan for when you fail and I was like, that's so interesting. Like, I thought you would have given him tools first for, like, how to not fail. But he led with, we're going to come up with a plan for when you fail. And immediately you were, like, loved him more because you were like, this man gets it. He, he gets that. I'm going to do my best, but I'm not always going to have good days. Yeah. And there's going to be a plan for me when it's a bad day. And it's that's what John is saying. So he first tells him, God has provided an advocate. It's Jesus Christ, the righteous. And then it says, and he is the propitiation, pro, now I can't even say propitiation, propitiation um, for our sins. Which then you're like, what in the world is propitiation? But if you look up that word, it also means atonement. 
which is so interesting because we rarely read the word atonement in the Bible, but you could substitute that in word. In the New Testament, yeah. Um, in the New Testament. And he is the atonement for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. It's almost like, don't, don't just be kind to yourself, but be kind to everybody because Jesus Christ um, is going to help you. And then you love that Jude, Jude has these great one-liners. We wish he would have written the long letter. Yeah, it could have been really good. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. You're going to, you love the difference makers, but you also love Jude 1, 24, where he says this, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Don't you love that we've been given Jesus, our brother, our advocate, um, the one who atoned for us so that he could keep us from falling and bring us back into the presence of God. And then you love that it's just, it's going to bring him so much happiness that it is like exceeding joy. That's what he wants to do. That's what kind of brother he is. It's just so awesome. Yeah, I uh, that phrase of exceeding joy makes me think about the first vision. Mm-hmm. There is this statue um, that is in... Um, the conference center, I think, and it's of the first vision, and it spins, if I remember right, you know? Um, and we had one at uh, Lehigh Seminary, too. Um, and this is what I was I would always do with it, because if you turn the statue around, to every, you see everyone's backs, you know, and not Joseph looking up. Um, the father has his hand on Jesus, like his, hand, like his hands on him. And every time I see that, I think about, like, how, like, what an exceedingly joyful, like, mm-hmm. moment that was to introduce Jesus to Joseph, to let him know, like, look, you have all these problems and everything, but here's Jesus. Yes. And the world oh. is in all this trouble, but here's Jesus. Yep, and that's, know, that's that was the exact like the... thought I was thinking about. Um, it's like Jude is introducing you to Jesus, just the same way Heavenly Father was introducing Jesus. And it made me think to myself, who should you introduce Jesus to this week? Like, is there somebody who needs to know there's someone who can keep them from falling? Who is it? Or if they, uh, and falling means falling permanently because if they've tripped up, if they've sinned, should mm-hmm. they know there's somebody who's ready to rush in to comfort and strengthen and, and, console, and, and console and, and be intercede with. and lift and all of those things? Oh, it's such a good message. Yeah. We love really, Jude. Yeah. <laughs> he is so, so good. And, and what's so neat is it really is most of the time, I think Jesus is asking us to be the ones, to be the introducers, mm-hmm. you know? There's that awesome one in 1 John four nineteen. We love him because he first loved us. Mm-hmm. And when we felt the love of him, we can't help but go spread that around to other people. Mm-hmm. And you think so, this is the end of the New Testament, really, besides the book of Revelation, which is its own... Animal. Yep. This is the end, and I love that the very last thing the New Testament is going to tell us before we get into this last book is, you got to remember him who is able to keep you from falling. He's going to bring you back to your heavenly parents, who's going to do it with joy. And then you love when he tells you to him... Um, the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power forever. It's just Can you imagine? You just wanted to stand up and be like, hurrah. At the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a good end. So it's a good yeah. place for us to end also. Yeah. But we are coming back next week with Revelation. But yes. we'll end there for Have now. a good week. Be a difference maker. Yeah. Introduce Jesus to someone. See ya. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. 
You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.